Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We've had an ongoing conversation with the Oklahoma Superintendent of Schools, Ryan Walters. He's much in demand nationally. And uh, when we've had him on, it's unusual what they're doing there. They're actually emphasizing, one of a better term, traditional education. And yet it makes a good bit of news, including I'm reading a story where there will be a parochial school inside the public school system. That is a uh, stunning development. So we go to him periodically for updates, and we'll come to your calls here. Let's go to Oklahoma Superintendent of Schools, Ryan Walters. Uh, Ryan, Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us as always. Hey, Happy New Year. I love coming on. Really appreciate the opportunity. Well, um, this uh, story that I read, I don't know, it was Wall Street Journal, whatever. I know that you're a proponent, the state seems to be of school choice, but that there actually would be a parochial school inside the public school system. Yes, sir. Yeah, Politico put out a hit piece, I think, this week, too. So, it, you know, they're all kind of circling the wagons on that. But, yeah, look, you know, we, we've gone back and said, listen, we've taken God out of schools. We've promoted state-sponsored atheism for years um, in the public school system. We've got to get that. We've got to right that ship, and we've got to have more school choice options for parents. We looked at it. We have charter schools. We had the Catholic schools submit an application to host their own charter school. Guess what? The Catholics have some of the highest performing schools in our state and in the country, and they want to run a charter school. And we said, well, we're not going to discriminate against you because if, because you're a religious institution. If you want to run a charter school, they put a great application together. We said, absolutely. We're very proud to have the first religious charter school in the country, and um, we're going to keep fighting for school choice and for parents' rights. So how does that, uh, I guess people are saying, what we hear, you know, the mainstream media is aghast. They haven't gotten on the story here in Philadelphia yet, but they will, and Politico did. How is that not violative? What's been brought up as far as separation of church and state, which is not the law or constitution or anything, but how did, how did that happen that that, under Oklahoma law, is okay? Great question. So Basically, the way, and and yeah, I appreciate you saying that too. You know, you hear the left use the phrase separation of church and state to really weaponize the state against religion. Mm -hmm. Not the Constitution. It is the twisting of a a Thomas Jefferson letter to the Danbury Baptist. And he has some erroneous court rulings in the 1960s that really have this morphed understanding of what that means. So, So it's a myth. And then what they do with that is they then use this kind of vague, you know, blanket of, well, I mean, you can't. You can have a religious institution running a school, and we go, hold on a second. We have a rule in place that says you can be a charter school in the state if you do a few criteria. If you have demand, if you can show us how you're going to use state dollars to improve student academic outcomes, if you show how you're going to do that and be transparent with taxpayers and parents, and we have, you know, again, it's, it's a pretty lengthy little criteria, but that's the high-level mark of it. Well, the Catholic Church comes in and puts a great application together and says, hey, we've been in the business of education for a long time. Here's what we would do, and here's how we would do it. By any objective measure, they would be an excellent 
um, choice to run a charter school. So what we what we've argued legally is okay. So you want us to tell them no because they are religious? Well, you can't do that. They've met all the criteria. So we are very comfortable with our state constitution and the U.S. Constitution that you don't violate someone's religious liberty and tell them they can't do something just because of their religious background. And so, again, they've met all the criteria. So we're very proud to have them run a charter school here in our state. Is that operational now or does that come with the next school year? It comes in the next school year. Okay. So so it is. And I will tell you, you know, we've got you know, every, you know, the ACLU, all these different, oh. you know, atheist legal groups come out of the woodwork. But, no, it's set to open this fall. Wow. Even from our previous conversations, I got to say, and I'm sure our listeners are, wow. You have to understand, too, Ryan, Philadelphia is the capital, of really, one, one, two, or three of the parochial school system. I mean, it's legendary, particularly with the nuns. And <laughs> they get results. During COVID, their scores actually went up in many instances, because of um, how skillful they were at pivoting, given all the challenges. Oh, absolutely. And like, you know, and it's so incredible. And I've been, you know, making this argument of, guys, you know, the Catholic schools have a great argument here. Like, they have continued, despite this wokeism that has so taken over our public school system, that they continue to drive truth. They continue to drive academic outcomes. Guess what else they do? They still have discipline in the classroom. We've launched a discipline initiative here across the state. We are going to bring discipline back in the classroom. We don't believe in this leftist belief of, well, everybody's a victim of society. No, actually, we believe that God created you uniquely, and you have talents, and it's, and it's our responsibility to use those talents. So we teach kids you're going to be responsible for your own behaviors, and we're going to hold you accountable to that. And guess what? If you, if you start kids like that, then they don't end up being rioters and, and burning down buildings when they're angry. They actually are, are self-reflective, and we want to teach kids that. And, and, you know, the Catholic schools and Christian schools largely, hey, they do that. You know, they, they're world-renowned for having good discipline policies. And, again, you, you talk to so many folks, and their academic results speak for themselves. They do a great job of educating kids. We need more of that, not less of it. Absolutely. We're talking with Oklahoma Superintendent of Schools, Ryan Walters. Uh, talk about uh, where you see us going forward in 2024. I mean, you are keen to politics, too, in addition to education. So talk about this as the national battles out there now. And you're the one of the big guns, one of the big voices on all over the place on education issues. How do they play out presidentially, congressionally? Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, and you, you've seen... You know, President Trump championed education policy in his time where he was a big school choice advocate, brought more school choice around the country than any president previously. And then he brought back pro-America curriculum. Let's actually read the Declaration of Independence. He had the 1776 Commission, which laid out, hey, kids need to be understanding these sources of which we we got our um, authority and we talk about our rights come from God. We're endowed by our creator. Talk about the Constitution, the separation of powers, the Bill of Rights. This needs to be readily understood by our kids in order to keep this great country. And so he's done a tremendous job. And you've seen through the primary. I mean, frankly, you know, the Republicans are really, you know, hey, we have seen. And by the way, polling backs this up for the first time in decades. The public trusts Republicans more on the issue of education than Democrats. And I'll tell you why this has finally happened, because Republicans have finally started listening to parents and leaned in on education reform. For years, I have seen rhino Republicans placate 
teachers unions and go, well, we're just going to give more money to the school. You know, we don't mm-hmm. we don't really want to upset mm-hmm. the apple cart. So, you know, we'll, we'll do small reforms, but just give them a lot more money. And finally, parents have been applying the pressure. And finally, these Republicans have been listening and going, no, actually, we're going to institutionalize parents' rights. We're going to get this wokeism out of our schools. We're going to make sure parents have full school choice to choose wherever their kids want to go to school. We're going to make sure that our history classes reflect not only is America not a racist country, not an evil country, it's an incredible country that has had incredible blessings because of our principles, because of the guidance from the founders that we've we've put into place. So that's where I see, and I think it's going to be a major political issue in campaigns. I think for Republicans, you know, where you are on education is going to be just as much a litmus test for voters as abortion and gun rights. It's going to be one of those things. Where do you stand on pro-life? Where do you stand on guns? And where do you stand on education? Yeah, I think you're right. I'll put this on your radar screen, too, because we know that you're interviewed nationally. You're doing a lot of stuff that gets attention. Uh, here in Philadelphia, it's blowing up into a major story, the National Park Service and this interior secretary, who's radical, uh, are trying to take down statues of William Penn here in Philadelphia, of all places, uh, to be inclusive and to put up more Native American uh, timelines and all this at this one park. Now, picture William Penn, the epitome of religious freedom, and the epitome, at least here in Pennsylvania, a major, major American figure at the founding of the country. It's unbelievable. We are sacrificing our young people and the future of this country at the altar of wokeism. You know, we are taking away from them. I love Churchill said, the further back you look is the further ahead you'll see. We know that you learn lessons from history. We know that civilizations remain to be successful because they understood their history, where they came from, what their guiding principles were. And what we see now is we are taking that from our kids. They have no foundation, no concept of what made America great, of how you live your life, of truth. How do you seek out truth and learning and in an education? We have gutted all this from our education system. And as they continue, and notice, they're not just through with taking it out of schools. They want to take down any pub- public Uh, semblance of our history of our Mm -hmm. founders they don't want people to look positively at the founders in any sense i was at a training once where they said they did the history teacher said he didn't want to talk about the declaration of independence because it would be promoting a slave owner like jefferson and i said how how can you teach your students about american rights and liberties that they came from their creators they're not going to talk about the declaration of independence but you see how much wokeism as a mind virus has taken over that it is going to undermine our young people in this country and it's going to destroy it where do we find uh, all things of uh, what you're doing in Oklahoma, Ryan? Where do listeners go? Yes, sir. Ryan Walters for Oklahoma.com is, is my website where I put regular updates. And we're very active on Twitter. Love to mix it up. I got into a Gavin Newsom on there the other day. He was coming at me. And so, uh, Ryan Walters. Wait, wait a minute. Was it, you got pretty good hair, too. Is it hair tips? Or what, what was Newsom coming at you on there? Oh, he, he doesn't like we're using PragerU. Oh, my goodness. I can't okay. believe that we're going to show kids videos on the Constitution. Heaven forbid. Absolutely. Well, the parochial school inside the public school system, that to me is pretty revolutionary. So, Ryan, thank you to be continued talking with you. Thank you for joining us. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you, sir. All right, uh, Dan, uh, I dug that one out the other day, right before I got sick. A parochial school in Oklahoma, right, inside the public school system, charter school. Oh, man. Well, it makes sense. I mean, how else are you going to drive 
Like the, the great thing right. about capitalism, supply and demand, yeah. is that you know you have to be better than your opponents to essentially succeed. Right now, you got a monopoly of public schools. Right now, why don't you add right. some competition to the fold? Well, I'd be in favor of a voucher that you can go to a Catholic school if you want, but putting it inside the public school system—that's really revolutionary. All right, our side question today: Hit us with that moment. Something big happened uh, because we saw this January six puffery over the weekend. Uh, let's go to, um, let's go to Drew in Upper Darby. Drew on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Drew, what was your moment? Hey, Tom, thanks. Uh, let me check all my steak in the toaster real quick. Uh, no, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, you know, Dom, I just want to clear the air a little bit. Last week, maybe I misinterpreted what you're saying, what you were saying, but last week when I called in and I, I compared the NFL revenue sharing to a type of the electoral college, yes. which is good. Yes. I, I never said the S word. You know what I mean? But uh, that, that's all. You know, it's like because it, it was optional for these NFL teams way back in the day. They didn't have to do it. Yeah, but, I hear uh, you. Look, I love you guys trying to wear me down on the uh, whole no, thing I, with I, the I, revenue. I love it. It's fun. It's just become part of the staple of the show. Real quick, Bob, if I can make a comment about the NFL. I, I always say how much I love the NFL, but they're so greedy and hypocritical when I can give you – I can give you a reason, like they tout how much they give to uh, charity, yeah. but yet at the same time they create these uh, these channels, uh, these streaming channels like Amazon and Peacock. So, so they're getting money from two sources because they claim these charitable contribution, contributions. Yet they're getting tens of millions of dollars. Well, from- let me to that point because it makes my point. Dan, I'll turn to you. DJ said this. Is it true? Will the Eagles game only be on Peacock? I don't know about that. Yeah, check that yeah, out. It will be picked. It will be picked up by a local affiliate. That's what they do. But they what they do? They put the most the Saturday playoff game eight o'clock. That's the one on Peacock, not the Monday night. But they put the most lucrative games on the streaming channels and take it away from those casual fans. Well, fans, so they're, they're yeah. making they're making money two ways from their channel. Yeah, not that I would ever be creating. critical of the NFL. Not me. Yeah, I hear you. They're a lot of power out, but. Uh, Hey, Don, my, my most memorable moment, I was coming home from the night the Flyers won their first stand. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, circa 1972, I was 10 years, I was coming home from my yaya's. That means Greek, and that's grandma in Greek. Well, anyway, we're going through South Philadelphia, and the city was going nuts. And I said, Dad, is this what cities do when a professional franchise wins their championship? He said, that's what they do, son. And I never knew. It's the first time I ever experienced that. And I'll never forget that. Good stuff. Thank you, Dan. We learned that there's some great heritage there with Drew now, too. It's a Dolphins Chiefs, by the way, is the game exclusively on Peacock. How do you do stuff oh, like that? Know. Well, it makes my point again. They do it because of all the nonsense associated with this. So there you go. Yeah, how do you just put that game? That means locally they can't get it either? or Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, it's just it's Peacock exclusive. So, you know, man, oh, let's see. Taylor Swift might have something to say about that. Oh. All right. Um, all right. We're continuing with those calls. But right now, big moment every day. It is time for It's Dobbs Money Melody. Where has all the money gone? Thank you, Walter Kosk. Today, playing for a pair of tickets to see comedian Jeff Dunham. Still not canceled tour, September 13th, Ocean Casino Resort, Atlantic City, Ovation Hall. Great venue for that. Great stuff. 
So uh, Jeff uh, lended his vocal chops to a couple different films, and he uh, starred uh, as himself in a few films as well. But, Dom, I thought we might take one of his co-stars from one of the films that he's appeared in. Uh, this guy right. was uh, seen last night a couple of times. They, they shot him. Uh, big big guy, uh, big star. Uh, we just want to know who it is singing today, Dom. This person starred alongside Jeff Dunham in one of his many uh, mm-hmm. attempts at uh, voice acting, and great, great job doing so. Here, take a listen. Take the good. You take the. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You take them both and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. There's a time you got to go and show your pro and now you know about the facts of life. The facts of life. When the world never seems to be Alright, hit us with who is singing that song. And I really am not sure of anything with this. Alright, so 855-839-1210. That's how you get on board. All I know is we get a great prize today. Jump in. This might take a couple people before we get this. Who is singing that song? Judicial Watch here at 2.30 today. Big story. The lawsuit for Ashley Babbitt's estate and family. But your answer is next on Talk Radio 1210. It's the Money Melody. Where has all the money gone? Show me the money. Okay, let's hear the clue. And we're looking for the singer. Take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. There's a time you got to go and show your pro, and now you know about the facts of life. All right, let's go to Jeff in Bucks County on Talk Radio twelve ten. All right, Jeff, who's singing that? I have no idea. Al Jolson. I've got a quick Philadelphia, Detroit, Milwaukee. There's not going to... I don't care what he has to say right now. We're doing this. Sorry, Dom. He can call us back. All right. I would have... Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go well, to... that answer, too, man. Like, get the hell out of here. We're let's, trying let's, to have fun. Let's go to Ray in the Northeast. Hey, Ray. It's Dom. Where has all the money gone? Ray, show me Ray. the money. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, Ray, who do you I'm, have? I'm I'm here. It's Nathan Lane. Uh, Nathan oh, Lane. No. No. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Uh, let's go to Cindy in Springhouse. Cindy, who's singing the song? Hi, Dom. I think it is the one and only Martin Short. Yes, it is. Very, very uh, distinctive, great parody stuff. Cindy, enjoy Jeff Dunham. It should be a fabulous night. You know, when they offer tickets this much in advance, 
It's usually because it's a big deal. So thank you, Walter Kosk. Uh, thank you for uh, getting these, and maybe we'll have them again tomorrow at around 2.13, 2.14. Uh, get you some more tickets. Played Clyde Peanut Butter in uh, Elliot the Littlest Reindeer, Reindeer Jeff Dunham, uh, starring alongside Martin Short, who played Lemon Drop. Just uh, putting that out there. Elliot the Littlest Reindeer. You might want to check that out for your next Christmas. Okay. All right. So, um, 855-839-1210. We'll uh, get you uh, on board. If you missed some of the show today, we had on the uh, lead Republican in Harrisburg. They're already looking for a resolution, decrying what they're doing with William Penn. Haven't seen anybody, though, other than that, here locally or otherwise, speak out about this. But it is, it is mushrooming. People are going, William Penn. It's not in a most prominent William Penn statue imaginable where this one is. But the bottom line is it brings together a political point. Who in the world will be reaching out to take William Penn out of this? It's a park that could use being refurbished if you want to talk about tourism and history in downtown Philadelphia. I mean, this is a gold mine in downtown. When we were over 4th of March, we saw the tourism People from Asia, particularly, coming through here by the hundreds. And yet, the uh, city of Philadelphia, progressives in general, they're, they're not fans of all this stuff. I haven't seen the Quaker groups or anybody else speak out, but you watch. This is going to be something uh, deeply debated. William Penn, there is no doubt, historically, for his time, was very progressive when it came to relations with Indians slash Native Americans. Two, he was the epitome of the go-to on religious freedom, religious rights. So Biden can go to another church today. Biden can bring up that church and really tarnish it by his own actions, his own nonsense, his own FBI, his own Department of Justice. They went after Mark Halk. They went after traditional Catholics. And the bishops let us down again. That's where you got to point some of the finger here. They didn't rally the cause on this. Why? Well, because they're on the other side here, because they don't want to help Trump. Bottom line is religion is under fire in America. Traditional religion, Catholicism, Christian faith. How many stories do you see constantly? Why is it we're not seeing a ton of stories saying, how could Catholics support Joe Biden and his crazy drive toward abortion on demand. You're not going to see stories like that. They all think this is acceptable because these Catholic politicians have done it forever. What you are going to see, continued bashing of evangelicals. What is wrong with you people, goes the mainstream media. How in the world do you let Trump get away with all these things that he does that should be anathema to you if you're truly a Christian. Play the Christian card. But Biden plays the Catholic card, the devout Catholic, oh, my son, Bo, again today we were treated to, in addition to just being scrambled beyond belief. Okay, 855-839-1210. That's how you get in. Now, and please, I mean, it's just a slight thing. If you uh, want to wait your turn and make a comment on something, you can do that. When we're playing Dom's Money Melody, just call in, give us your answer, 
It's a big prize. People will look forward to it. I do every day to see what Dan concocts. It's a simple thing. Uh, let me go to Mark in uh, Northeast Philly here on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Mark, welcome in. Yeah, hi, Dom. Uh, what, uh, uh, th- this is the William Penn uh, thing, but it, not exactly, but it's, it has to do with the renaming. Fra- and this hurts me. Yeah. Franklin Mills was renamed to Philadelphia Mills, I guess just because it has the name Franklin in it. I don't know that they did it for that, though. I, I don't remember people being upset they were trying to dip, because Ben Franklin is the one figure I don't think you can cancel in Philadelphia. So I, I was more thinking they thought it had more appeal. That You're right, the uh, Franklin Mills Mall, though, was a much better brand. Okay, and um, just if you have the free second, I mean, it's, this isn't the, that important, but... Um, you know, the call, just in the, the way of uh, renaming everything for political correctness, you know, the uh, military uh, call letters that we grew up with watching uh, World War II movies, you know, Abel, Baker, yes. uh, X-Ray, Foxtrot. Mm-hmm. Well, the, look into this. The Philadelphia Parking Authority, they're all, it's all been renamed for their uh, patrol to use and you're not they're not allowing them to use any other and it's all renamed in a uh, politically correct format you you might check in okay that. but it, what's it, wrong with able able baker and all that Ugh. yeah 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 that's what i want to know what that what was wrong with that but you could if you okay. look at it through their eyes it's you know gotcha thank you bark all right we'll see if anybody flushing you can always send me on twitter at dom show 1210 uh coming up ashley babbitt all right. Uh, three years ago, January 6th, over the weekend, Friday into today, the Biden speech continuing this threat. Judicial Watch is unbelievable. The stuff they um, churn up, the work that they do, they're next to uh, lay out the lawsuit. And a couple of things they have found about Ashley Babbitt's um, shooting death on January 6th and three years I know there's an answer to it, but I wanted you to hear from them why it took so long to get this information, to get it out there, to file suit. Now, I'm not sure the pace of the suit, what it, it's going to unearth. That's the political importance of it. In other words, once they get into discovery, what more are we going to hear about all the involvement, FBI, et cetera, aside from the shooting? I think those things will crop up. So uh, January 6th in the public's mind is not just a touchdown for Biden. I mean, there's another side to this. But they continue to run with it because what else do you have to run with at this point? Big Issues, Big Guest, Tom Giordano Show. What a resource to be able to go to um, Judicial Watch. Chris Farrell, the Judicial Watch Director of Investigations and Research, has joined us before. And the other day, they instituted the first that I know of, the only lawsuit for the estate of Ashley Babbitt. And I saw online several different things that already are starting to crystallize around what happened on that day on January 6th. Uh, Chris uh, joins us here on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Chris, uh, good afternoon. And I guess first question for you, Chris, what took so long? What was the holdup as far as 
filing this suit, getting the information to be able to do it. Great to be with you. It took three years of investigation, frankly. We had to litigate probably a half dozen uh, open records requests, uh, trying to get the records and files of the shooting itself, access to the video, still photography, the uh, the shooting investigation surrounding Lieutenant Byrd. Uh, you got to lay a foundation. You have to gather facts. You have mm-hmm. to put together documentation, and that allows you to be in a position to do some analysis and then make the claims that we have on behalf of Aaron Babbitt, who is the surviving widower of uh, Ashley. So what is the main claim? Where, What area of this does that come down in? Well, it's a wrongful shooting. I mean, fundamentally, that's what it boils down to. Bird violated every police procedure known to man with respect to handling this firearm and what he did to shoot and kill Ashley on that day. But there's additional claims concerning negligence, assault, battery. Um, the fact that, uh, you know, the, the Capitol Police, given the track record, and this is another important fact, we've uncovered Bird's track record, his history with regard to firearms. It's dismal. Number one, he couldn't qualify with his weapon. He couldn't go out go to the range and hit the target enough times to even be able to lawfully carry a weapon. That's strike one. Strike two, he left his sidearm, a Glock 22. He left it in a men's room at the Capitol Visitor Center and walked away. Uh, And then on the third occasion, it's documented that when some juveniles attempted to steal his personal vehicle, he shot at the vehicle and at at the juveniles doing it. And again, missed and struck houses in a, in a suburban area. So this guy's got an incredibly reckless, negligent uh, track record before Ashley Babbitt and anything else ever happened on January 6th. And they put this guy in charge. He was in a leadership position. And, uh, you know, we find out that even after he shot Ashley Babbitt, he made a false radio call claiming that there were multiple shots fired, making it sound as though he was under attack. So, you know, people need to go to judicialwatch.org. They need to read the complaint for themselves. You're going to find information, facts there that has not gotten very much, if any, publicity before. And you'll get an understanding of what was really going on January 6th. There was only one homicide that day, and that was Ashley Babbitt. Uh, Chris, too, uh, do you contend, or I read it somewhere, that he could have hit the Capitol Police, who I guess were on the other side or around Ashley yeah. Babbitt? Absolutely, because you got to, I mean, folks have probably have seen the video, but it's been now three years. But on both sides, look, there's this sort of glass uh, partition with a couple of window panes and a doorway in it. It's a, it's not a wall. It's just like a, a dividing area between two portions of a, of a reception area. The glass on one side was knocked out, and that's what Ashley, all five foot three, hundred pounds. She's a small woman. She was kind of propped up in that little windowsill area. That's a, the place where uh, Bird shot and killed her. But around her, on both sides of that glass partition area were Capitol Police officers and other law enforcement, both uniformed and plainclothes. So when Byrd discharged his weapon, it's bad enough that he killed Babbitt, but like two feet next to her were other law enforcement Mm -hmm. officers. 
mm-hmm. who could have easily been shot, wounded in some way, harmed. And, and that just goes to show you the reckless, really uh, negligent, dangerous conduct of Bird. Bird, in, in, in an interview with the NBC News, he had some powder puff kind of, you know, kid gloves treatment by NBC. And I think he spontaneously said in that interview, I didn't even know what I was shooting at. or I didn't even see who I was shooting at, which, which again, goes to his state of mind and what he was doing that day. Yeah, that's a quote that I saw over the weekend, Chris. It jumped out. I didn't even know who I was shooting at. That's right. Right. That, that, that's that is pretty craziness. Stunning. That is and, and I think the bottom line for listeners, too, in addition to you're going for the estate, et cetera, it's more precise is that uh, we've never had a full accounting of this. I mean, this has been handled differently. At least if that were the case in a court of law setting, there'd be one thing. And we know why a full accounting of this stuff is so hard to get at, because coming out of what you're doing now will come other factors that we can only guess at about that day. Correct. And the, the, the investigation of bird shooting was glossed over and whitewashed from A to Z. In any other circumstance, I don't care if it's a municipal police officer, county sheriff, federal guy, whatever it is, when there's a shooting that results in the death, there's police procedure that's followed. You get an outside impartial law enforcement expert. They do interviews. They take evidence. There's an evaluation made to to make sure that the shooting itself was justified or was a righteous shooting, that it was a lawful taking of life. That was not done. What was done was a joke. It was a pathetic, you know, glossed over, quick job, unlike any other investigation of any police shooting anywhere else in the country ever. And then they gave the guy a medal for valor, and then they promoted him to captain. Yeah, remarkable. Uh, Chris, while you're here, um, Director of Investigations and Research at uh, Judicial Watch, Uh, What is Judicial Watch, we haven't talked in a while, been able to start on or uncover around January 6th in general, because it's more prominent than ever, in addition to this Ashley Babbitt suit. What else? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What have you guys been looking at? We have been suing, like I, like I said, for the last three years to get records and documentation. So... A lot of it has to do with the Babbitt shooting itself, but more broadly, access to both still and video uh, imagery that's out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been in federal court. We've used every lawful measure imaginable to apply pressure to force the release of all, underlined, all the video that's out there. First, we had Pelosi fighting us. She wouldn't release it, obviously. Frankly, then we had McCarthy objecting to us releasing, going into federal court and arguing against us that the records shouldn't be released to the public. We think everything should be released to everybody. I think Johnson's made some good progress. I think there's still more to come. Uh, but, you know, even going back to the Babbitt shooting, you know, the, the, the initial 
reporting around the shooting, the photographs and documentation of uh, Bird, his hands, the weapon, all this sort of detailed forensic stuff. That's all the things that we obtained. Um, we've gone after emails about what, who knew what when, the Park Police, the Capitol Police, DOD, other federal law enforcement, the reporting that they had. So, you know, this is multiple lawsuits across, you know, three years. And everything we get, we put up on our website, judicialwatch.org. And I think if folks go and they read the, they read the complaint uh, filed on behalf of Ashley Babbitt, there's stuff linked within that that you can click on and you can see the underlying reporting and documentation. I think people will find it very interesting. Absolutely, as always. Hey, Chris, thank you uh, very much. As this continues, just let us know. We'd love to have you back, as always. It was great. Thanks very much. Uh, Chris Farrell, Director of Investigations and Research at Judicial Watch. All right, that gives us a sense. Now, you know, these are allegations in a lawsuit, but you heard some of the underlying things about, I guess, ultimately Captain Bird there. Uh, and he did talk about leaving his gun. He mentioned that uh, inside a restroom there at the Capitol, among other things. All right. So we'll see as it proceeds. And uh, again, um, this will you never know what you swerve into. I've seen it all the time with lawsuits like this. You start out with Ashley Babbitt, but it swerves into other things that People blurt out, remember, the the all-time example of that is the uh, Butterfield guy in the Nixon Watergate hearing saying, oh, yeah, there are tapes. We do have tapes of what was going on in the Oval Office. Oh, really? That moment was uh, tremendous. All right, uh, lightning round is next. We're looking for some big moment. It could be sports-related. It could be uh, pop culture. It could be historic. The moment you witnessed in time, you saw it in real time, or you were actually there, that all coming off all this stuff over the weekend with January 6th. You heard what um, Chris Farrell said. We'll see. We'll see in a court of law. This keeps it alive, though. Elements of this versus Joe Biden screaming insurrection when nobody not just Donald Trump, but nobody's been charged with insurrection, let alone convicted of insurrection. The time has come for the final test. Uh, we usually call it the lightning round. Dumb to your Dano show. Man, you talk about uh, just trying to clean up a mess. The White House all day now, particularly this afternoon, the defense secretary and the argument that Nothing was reported to anybody, Blinken saying that even, because allegedly the chief of staff had the flu for the defense secretary who was in the ICU. So he couldn't report on anything because he was sick. Now, that's not they're going in deeper with this. This was a big mistake. You know, if it's the head of the Parks Department or the Interior Department, But the Defense Department in these times, wow. So uh, the headline is, Defense Secretary has no plans to resign, nor does Biden have to ask him to resign. We'll see how this uh, continues to play out. All right, lightning round. Hit us with that moment 
that was particularly big for you? Some event you watched in real time or you were actually there? Uh, let me go to um, Joe in Exton on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Joe, good afternoon. Hello, Dom. Good afternoon. Uh, the year 1901 marked the birth of the largest folk festival in the U.S., the Philadelphia Mummers Parade. Well, Joe, but you weren't there for that, right? Um, yes, Dom. I was not. I didn't uh, witness the birth, but I witnessed the parade on television. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, thank you, Joe. <laughs> I thought he was going to say I actually was there at the first Yeah, Parade, I don't know, you know what was going on with 1901, Joe. He's, yeah. He's getting a little bit more whimsical as the years go it. on here, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, Joanne in Orland, Pennsylvania. All right, Joanne, what was yours? All right, Joanne, I'll put you on hold. I'm not sure what happened there. Gary in Newtown, Talk Radio 12. Hey, Gary. Love the show today. Exceptional guest, let me tell you. Well, thank you. Um, one, I, I was at the Vulcan uh, launch this morning in uh, Titusville. I was on the Max Brewer Bridge. Would it, if you ever have a chance to watch something like that live in person, I strongly ah, recommend yeah. it. Sure. Um, two, you already taken off September 11th. I was on a train to D.C. only to get out of the station. They shut the station down and then stranded in D.C. for the next two days. Um Three, on a personal level, the change of life or the best moment for me was the birth of watching the birth of my first child, Rachel. But the reason why I called in today was Super Bowl 52. That has changed Philadelphia, Philadelphia politics throughout the country. Every time someone says you're from Philadelphia, like I, I, if I drove up in San Francisco or Dallas or Chicago, oh, my God, thank God that, that monkey is off your back. It's the Super Bowl. That's why they know us. Oh, that's uh, very good. I mean, that, that is as detailed as anything we're going to get. So 2017, that big, huh? Uh, I don't know, given where we are. Can you imagine right now if we didn't have that win after difficulty last Would year? Would it be able, easier to stomach, though, what we're going through? Is that we expect greatness? We, we got that yeah. Super Bowl under us? and No, I think it calms people. Yeah. If it were this bad and, and this debacle in this kind of manner i think people are more stunned than they are angry at this point but they're going to be angry pretty soon if things don't uh, turn around do we clarify that though on peacock uh there's only it's, yeah so it's, it's a saturday night game between the chiefs and the dolphins will be exclusively on peacock but the eagles game does look like it will be on local television okay how in the world though do they get away with this how in the world do they do it and they're going to continue to do it and they'll do it more and more and more America wants the NFL. I am st- Dan. So I guess it shows you how grievous it was before, where they were teetering there, where there was difficulty because of all the knee taking and all. There is uh, too big to fail. I don't know what's as big as it that can't fail, and it gets more all the time. My God, they've taken away the kickoff. Face it, there's no kickoff. Just another reason to go to commercial. You know, don't tell me kickoff is at 105. Well, what does that mean? You can, you know, they actually are kicking it off. They're just not going to run it back. Why don't we have a guy kick off from, uh, say, the 25-yard line of, of the other team? There's no point to it. Kick anymore. it out of the stadium, right? Like, why, why even have it? Why? 
Well, because, you know, they're they're the great pretenders. They're great at it. Uh, they are. Are they great at it or just America just want it? I think America more wants it than they're great at it. Uh, let's try. Um, try Bruce in the Northeast. Hey, Bruce, how have you been? Welcome. in. Hey, guys, I'm telling you, I'm going to miss you guys. I'm telling you. Because, what? uh, What's happening? Yes. Uh, well, it's well, it's no secret. The news last week: WPHT, Odyssey, the bankruptcy. Uh, oh, I'm missing. No. Yeah. No. no <laughs> when's your last day? Anyway. I just... <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. We're good, Bruce. We're burning money right here. Get that money. And put it out in that barrel just, over there. Come on. Well, I just hope it's not a rap format that they change to. You know, <laughs> but. Uh, <clears throat> My answer is uh, the great wire walker, uh, Carl Wallende, was in Puerto Rico. It was a real yep. windy day. He was in the middle of a walk, and he was, he was up in years. And you could see it on the TV. He was struggling. He tried to sit down on the wire, and then he grabbed it with one arm, and then he just fell. They watched him fall to his death. It was really something. That is, Yeah, I forgot about that part, Dan. It wasn't just the guy goes off, that's bad enough, but... You know, I guess there's no way to rescue there. He's yeah, right. Yeah. That's why that guy walking the wire between the World Trade Centers for an hour with 100,000 people there in lower Manhattan underneath is uh, remarkable. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's get some of the uh, potential winners here today. There are a lot of good stuff. And I'll give what you're thinking about. I'll give a little preview. Tomorrow is a big day. Law Enforcement Appreciation Day is tomorrow, the official day in the calendar that you'll see a lot of celebration of that. I see good stuff here in Philadelphia, including, I've been talking with someone all day long, Dan, they wanted to know nationally about the removal of that DEI officer in Sherelle Parker's administration. And for my money, it's a good sign. It indicates they got rid of someone who um, had uh, gone overboard with that DEI and the power. And it indicates her administration is going to do exactly what she said, which is back the cops, recruit cops, but hold them accountable, too. And um, tomorrow we'll be asking your all-time favorite cop, real or fictional, to uh, celebrate that day. Who are some of the contenders? Uh, Jim and Bordentown, Lee Harvey Oswald uh, was a big one. Robert yes. and Ben Salem, Nixon's resignation, which uh, struck a chord because I think a lot of people got yeah. heavily involved in that politics after that. Uh, 1980 Phillies World Series from Charlie in the Northeast, the Flyers Parade from Drew and Upper Darby, the founding of the Mummers in 1901 from <laughs> Joe and X, yeah. and then Willenda from Bruce in the Northeast I thought was good as well. Yeah, I kind of like uh, Robert and Ben Salem's today. Yeah, Nixon's I thought that was uh, particularly the trigger of it. He was nine, how it triggered him into uh, politics yeah. and talk radio and the like. So. All right, uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow, as I said. Be thinking cops, Law, Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. And also, we got some uh, great guests coming on tomorrow. Dave McCormick, running against Bob Casey Jr., is just back from Israel and Taiwan. Uh, so we'll talk with him. Who's the other person, Dan? There's somebody else tomorrow. Marty McCary. Uh, Marty McCary, because yeah. Dr. Fauci has been given in private testimony with four lawyers with him. But it's, you know, it'll filter out. What is he going to testify to? He's supposed to do it publicly, ultimately. But we'll uh, talk with him about Fauci, where we are at this point. And by tomorrow, I think we'll have more sense of what he actually testified to around COVID.
All right, Rich Cioli is next for four big hours. Follow me on Twitter until tomorrow at Dom Show 1210 at Dom Show 1210. Thanks to Jim and Dan. Have a great night, everybody. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3 from Talk Radio 1210, WPHD.